0: Get me here! Super exciting news! I am joining the cast of ABC's A Million Little Things, starting this Wednesday, February twenty third. It airs at ten nine central on ABC, um, or the next day it's on Hulu, and then it just stays on Hulu. Um, but the show is called A Million Little Things. It's a drama. It's my first uh, big role in an hour long network drama. Um, And it's what I've been working on in Vancouver for a bunch of months and I'm really excited about it So tune in this week Also speaking of tuning in, this episode Allie Liebert, awesome actor who I've been a fan of for a long time And who is now an awesome director So we talk a little bit about Vancouver, where I've been working We talk a little bit about acting We talk a little bit about queerness I hope you love this episode and uh, see you on your TV. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm, stolen. I'm darling. I know, I know, I know it's careless. I always start the podcast by having folks introduce themselves. Would you introduce
1: yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Allie Liebert. I'm a Leo. I'm firstborn child and... My hobbies include... I'm kidding. Yeah. What hobbies include? I'm very curious. <laughs> I have so few hobbies because I just worked my entire life, but I'm recently getting into some new hobbies, which uh-huh. include uh, my partner and I went skiing for the first time in ah. 20 years over the holidays, and that was hilarious and great, awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so really recommend hobbies. I um forgot to have any for twenty years because of working as well, and um then started having them about two years ago. And um, boy, so good, right? Life
1: can be full. Is what I know. (laughs) It's very embarrassing when people are like, "What are your hobbies?" I'm like, "Um, acting, singing, dancing, audition, and they're like, "That is not a hobby." I'm like, "But I enjoy those things, so can they coexist as hobbies?" and work, but it's nice to do other things that are really not related. Totally. I think my new definition of hobby is
0: like, does it get me anything? Then mm. then it's not a hobby. <laughs> like can I yes. can I can I create value from it in a marketplace? Not a hobby. Like anyway, that's just that's for that's for me. Cause I can get real real serious about anything all the time.
1: That that's very similar to myself because I love baking. I, I found recently found all these um, little kind of baking books from like the 80s and 90s that I used to do with my mom, like 150 squares and brownies. And I would put like my notes on it. And then I came up with this idea. I'm like, I should remake all of these and then own a bakery and have it be like a queer space. And one of my (laughs) friends was like, maybe you could just bake for fun. I was like, oh, Yeah. I guess. Totally. Yeah, I some guess people so. might. <laughs>
0: um I want to I want to say before we could even get one more second into this podcast that I am a f- huge fan of yours. I have been watching you for years and um I love your work and um I love what you've been doing lately to uh So I'll say I think I, the first time I saw you was in Bomb Girls um that's possible and uh i don't even know what that was on because i literally <laughs> like found it on
1: youtube uh what was that even on what amazing was that on? it was a canadian show it was a see was this a, is how good i am yeah. being queer yeah top, um top 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 price yeah, no, yep. it was on a Canadian show, and then I, I think at one point, um, I think it was on Netflix though for a while in the U.S. Yes, it was on Netflix, and you know when it was in it when it was actually airing. I think it aired in the states on on a channel named Reels or something. Sure, but yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was a while ago, but the, it recently was on Netflix. I think.
0: I wonder if it still is. Anyway, I would just that, a huge recommendation for that show, and for you on that show, you're amazing on that show.
1: Um, oh, thanks.
0: Yeah, and I and. Um, yeah, it's like a World War Two era, Rosie yes. the Riveter. Yes.
1: Show. About <laughs> um, a bunch of Canadian girls who work <laughs> in a munitions factories. Yeah.
0: Yes. And, yeah. um, your character's queer and it's like a very sweet, um, there's like a very sweet love story in it. Uh, yeah. And I remember watching it and thinking that you did such a nice job that I was like, who is this person? And I wanted to know uh, about your, you know, about your identity. This is like a, this is a thing, right? Whenever I see somebody that I think is doing a good job playing a queer role, I want to know yes. if that's their truth. Um, yes. And I can't remember, I can't remember what I found because this is a couple years ago. Like, were you talking openly at the time about, I
1: just don't, I just don't know your path yeah. on that. I guess to make a long story short, I, I, I wow how many times can I say I it's 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 you know truthfully that show was like the biggest miracle of my life because it was sort of it's kind of funny because my very very first acting role ever was on um the L Word and then I just kept getting all these lesbian what, roles where, What did
0: you do on the L Word?
1: You see me for 4 seconds. What are you doing for 4 seconds? Come on, let me know. <laughs> um I do, uh, uh, I like big butts, um, in the second episode and you see me for like two seconds and Can I, I have a this question like,
0: about what you mean when you say I do, I like big butts, <laughs> Is that, the, the lip that sync, the less- lip <laughs> sync,
1: Oh, uh, not lip sync, a karaoke, karaoke. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I like big butts and I was so terrified. Yes. I do. It. I like big butts. Yeah. I should, I should clarify, but yes. Um, Yeah, no, basically the universe for for many years just um, was like more and more like queer lesbian roles. And then Betty McRae and Bomb Girls was like the final, like, do you understand that you are queer? Like the first time I read the pilot, I started weeping because she was very closeted in the beginning and, you know, scared. and, And now I look back and I'm like, wow, that obviously resonated so deeply. But I I wasn't out when I was doing the show because I was still very um, confused. And then, you know, when the show came out, I, I, you know, it garnered some attention. I'm like, I'm the best ally. And then it kind of Ah. took, it took it took a little bit after that, maybe like a year or so after until I was, you know, c- comfortable really, you know, seeing what was up, which, you know, I guess apparently everyone knew except for me. So um,
0: casting directors were seeing something <laughs> that... Eventually... For like 10 years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you know, who would be good for this lesbian role? Allie mm-hmm. Lieber. I'm like, wow, that's <laughs> so strange. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So you probably wouldn't have found too much about uh, me being out at the time because I I wasn't
0: yeah. Yeah. That's that's a big deal. What you're describing. Yeah. Finding out who you are in the midst of <laughs> already representing an identity. I mean, that's, that's like that's a big deal.
1: It was a very meta experience. And I just, you know, I would I've always been, you know, like a good student. So I was just doing all of this research and you know going to <laughs> queer bars and reading books and anything I could find. Um, you know, I took this role very seriously. And um you know it just felt so natural to be her. And and then, you know, sort of processing that after was like, why was that character such um an easy fit? It just felt you know, obviously, I am not that character, but what it brought to my life was just this permission to actually, you know, ask myself some real questions. And what wow. was really funny is that when I finally, you know, did, when I, when I did come out, all of my friends and family, I think weirdly in a way, because they'd been used to seeing me be gay on TV for so long, they were like, oh, that's awesome. Like no one was surprised. No one was <laughs> like,
0: what?
1: So you they recommend just recommend
0: yeah. get cast to yeah. be gay on television first to sort of yeah. ease
1: everyone the, just sees you that way.
0: To ease ease the visuals. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> to ease everybody in. Um what happened next in your, in your life? Um, so you like had this realization on that show and then, cause something I also, so, I mean, I don't, and I don't know, I don't, Hey, there's a lot we're going to find out on this show, but I just, I do happen to know that you're Canadian and that you, or, yes. or at least that you, that you work up here. Um, and uh, I am Canadian. Uh, you are Canadian. Are Amazing.
1: you in Vancouver
0: right now? Yes, I am in Vancouver. Oh, hi. Hi. You live in Vancouver? Yeah, cuz this is where everything is shot. Um yeah. is this where you're
1: from? you from here? I'm from Vancouver Island. That's where oh, I grew up.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's pretty. Have normal. you been there? Well, no. I have been to, for a second. I have been to um a I don't even what is it called? The I there's other little islands over there that are Yeah, little. the Gulf Islands. Yep, the yes. Gulf Islands. I've been the to big the one,
1: one. I've nice. not been to
0: the big one, but I've been to yeah. the little ones and Yes. So I feel like I catch, I know that there's a little town. I know that there's more population there, but I catch yes. the vibe of the
1: scenery. Yeah. Yes. 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 I highly recommend when you're, you know, have some time off. It's yeah. so beautiful. It was a great place to grow up. I forget what you asked me before, but
0: I, I, I haven't you had about...
1: my... Go ahead. What go did ahead. you ask me? No, go ahead. What were you saying? No, you haven't had your... Work? I haven't had enough... I haven't had enough coffee today. But I think I'm we're like, both doing great. Okay, great. This okay, is 9 a.m.
0: We're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think what I was going to ask you is something that I think is really cool and interesting is that I know that you work in Hallmark movies. Hallmark? Yes. Yep. Because obviously there are other romantic holiday movie competitors, but you work in Hol- Hallmark movies. And um, I think that's, first of all, I think that's awesome. I love Hallmark holiday movies. <laughs> I do too. It is my right. dream to be a part of a Hallmark holiday movie. I love them. Um but I know that you have been both, you know, on screen and then behind the like, camera recently, and I'm curious yes. about like navigating this that's just such a specific version of love and of romance and I have no idea what that would be like to be a queer person and, and be like telling, playing a straight role in one of those movies because it's so like heightened and over the top. Like in some yes. ways, maybe it's more comfortable than like a sexy, <laughs> sexy and in like R-rated, uh, you know, constantly shirtless
1: thing. I, but I'm but I'm yes. curious about what that experience is like for you. That's a great question. Um you know, they shoot about four billion Hallmark movies in Vancouver. And, you know, kind of in my 20s when I wasn't really working that much, I, you know, they're a great place to practice. You get more than one day on set and you're like, I'm amazing. Um, This is what I'm living for. So (laughs) there was, you know, many years where I was playing like the quirky best friend. And then Also, this is before I came out, I just started saying to my directors, um, which I've really tried to do over the last five, ten years. But I'm like, is there any reason that this character can't be gay, even if it's spoken or it's not spoken about? So so I always was like (laughs) playing these, these, you know, best friend roles and sort of putting my own, because they don't usually get the guy and then you know somehow about five years ago the hallmark peeps were like she's ready to be a leading lady and and by this point i was very out queer and outspoken and i was like okay great um sure let's let's do this and uh you know, fortunately for me, my, my very first leading man was also gay. So we just (laughs) had the most like hilarious time. Um, and that is the most hilarious time we would just, uh, Peter Porte, my love, and we would just sing. And then we made a sequel to that. So in terms of for me playing like the straight leading lady with my also, um, you know, gay co-star was like a dream come true. I mean, I grew up doing musical theater. So in a way, this hallmark world is kind of musical theatery totally. in a way. And Absolutely. It, and it just kind of comes naturally to me. Um, and then, you know, I I had a chance to produce a movie. Um And my friend, who is a queer director, directed that. And then um, just in September, I went down to Mississippi and I uh, acted in a Hallmark Christmas movie in Natchez, Mississippi. And my character was a lesbian. And that was, you know, we're definitely not the first um, Hallmark movie with the same sex relationship. But I think possibly... This movie, Every Time a Bell Rings, was the first um, sort of lesbian storyline that wasn't, you know, that actually had some, um, you know, oomph to the, the presence that it had in the film. And, uh, you know, I was just as shocked as anyone when I got a call to play this role, and I thought, this is awesome. And so I was really proud to be a part of it, um, and that just aired this Christmas. Yes. I I know. <laughs> oh you know did you watch it? Hello? Yeah dude. Oh. <laughs> that was a that was a Hallmark scream. Oh. Yeah, I mean I like
0: I uh I think some of it is um the amount that I travel. Yeah. But um I got to say like from it's a real relief from uh <laughs> like little pre-Thanksgiving time through, uh, you know, New Year's or whatever to be in a hotel room because it's just like such a... I love having a, a show that you can put on in a hotel room that keeps you company. 100%. Um, and, I, and cooking shows are great for that. 100%, um, yes. And sometimes home improvement shows, although if you don't see the full thing, it's a real... You really least, get hooked in. It's a real yes. waste of your time. Yes. But uh, Hallmark <gasps> movies are great for companionship because it's it's a real like you know the formula is understood and so one can drop in and just enjoy the like the like details and like I'm I'm I love musical theater so yes I'm on board for watching (laughs) like silliness and thinking that it's cute and fun and um, yes
1: And I'm curious, go do your laundry for 30 minutes, come back and you still like get what's going on. You didn't miss
0: it. Yeah, (laughs) there it's you didn't miss it. Uh, And I I like love them. Um, But the first one that you were in where you were a leading lady and then there was a sequel. Which character moved home from the big city and and what was the what's the
1: name of that? Oh, yeah. Um, A Gift to Remember. Love it was Sorry, the yes. first one yes. and i i worked at a bookshop uh-huh and i'm pretty sure when they did that spoof of Hallmark movies on SNL i mean who knows this is me hoping that it was about our movie but uh basically i hit peter's character um on my bicycle and give him amnesia and or he oh. he has amnesia and then uh you know we fall in love and and then we did a sequel um Yeah. Yeah. But then a lot of amnesia. A lot of amnesia. And then he, yes. And then he moves, he uproots his life to come to be a part of Darcy's world. I love that we're talking about Hallmark right now. I I feel like, (laughs) you know, I'm totally the same. I also just keep them on in the background and I I feel like I can just see my friends and they're just, you know, doing holiday things and I'm, you know, living my best life. Um, But yeah. Peter moves to my town.
0: Thank you for that clarity yes, because that's yes. important. Yeah, yeah, he moves to your town. Um, I will say, you know, especially as a as a person who grew up in the eighties, way less amnesia <laughs> in adulthood than I thought there would be. <laughs> I really thought there'd be more amnesia. So I, I mean, it's a big part of television and film in my youth. Yes, and, um, it yes, has, it has actually panned out that it's less. Less less a part of my life.
1: (laughs) So true. So true. But not in a gift to remember. We bring it back.
0: Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a gift to remember. I get it. Okay.
1: All right. A gift to remember. And then the second one's called, I think, a gift to remember cherished memories. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We were supposed to do a third one and I don't know what happened. I mean, Peter and I were really hoping for just like an extravagant. Extravagant gay wedding, but right, you know. Well, it didn't so, happen. You know, always... maybe someone out there will hear this and they'll be, like, you know, what we really need that. Yeah, that's possible. The bookend, Absolutely. the bookend to this piece. Yeah.
0: So, like, I've been in Vancouver since October working on a show on and off, and so it seems like a part of the industry here is, like, working in these homework movies, but obviously you also work on other shows. Is everything that you work on pretty much—I don't know how it works in terms of, like— visas or like, I don't know. Do you, besides that Natchez trip, do you often go to the States to shoot? there's most of the stuff you're shooting up here? Cause there's so many American productions up here.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I I do have a green card, so I do work in the States and, you know, it is a bit strange not to, um, be able to work so much in Toronto. Um, basically it's, I guess it's, it's kind of the same maybe as for, this the states where is where you pay your taxes you know the productions get a better um you know they get a kickback or whatever so i do work a lot in vancouver um and i have worked in the states uh a few times like all in my 20s and i guess even in my early 30s or how old am i who knows i i go back and forth <laughs> to la quite a lot and yeah. uh Last year, I, I worked in New Zealand, so that was really crazy and cool. Um, but, yeah, I would say primarily Vancouver, Toronto, L.A., yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm curious because um, it is a decision to stay, to work in television mm-hmm. and film and stay here. Yeah. And, and also, there's a huge industry here, so it's not like a decision that um, doesn't work. But I'm curious about why
1: that is the choice you've made. Yeah, that's a great question. Um I think that about three years ago, I was down in L.A. and, um, you know, just auditioning and doing pilot season. I know my (laughs) face. face. And like,
0: as the listeners, the
1: heavy sigh. Yeah. I think I just, I love working. And I think I was, you know, it was always a dream to you know, do a series in L.A. It felt like everything I was working for. And then that happened. Um, I did a show down there, I think in 2017 called, oh my gosh, I'm so blanking. Anyways, it was a starring Kira Sedwick and it was an ABC show. Anyways, I just realized it was just going to set, but in Los Angeles and I was still doing my job and I still, it didn't have this magical feeling that I thought, Um, getting a show in LA because for a lot of Vancouver or Canadian folks, you know, making it in LA is just sort of, you know, there is a glass ceiling here for sure. Um, But for me personally, I just, I felt happier when I was in Canada and I think breaking into the directing space felt more possible here. Um, You know, I, I, I just, I'm a BC Gal and all my friends and family are here. And I guess I just thought the quality of life and my mental health was better um, being here. I mean, I do think about, um, you know, going back to LA, you know, uh, my partner's curious about it. So I'm not saying LA is, you know, off the boards, but I've had a really great career in Canada. and, And sometimes I find That when I'm in LA, I'm not working and then I just go get a little crazy. So I'd rather be just for for me, I felt like my life as a whole was better around my people.
0: Yeah. I think I mean, you know, we're talking about some pretty like nitty-gritty specific to your job stuff. But yes, I think a lot of people could relate to that. You know, I mean, I think sometimes I, I know I can. Um I mean, I'll, just using, like, one example, you know, I uh, at the time that I came up in stand-up, it was, like, pre-internet. <laughs> right. Like, the internet existed, but, like, that's not what you were doing stand-up for. You were, like, only doing stand-up for in a live sense. Right. Um, and uh, so the gold standard for, like, proving to other people who do this job, and specifically, like, the men who do this job, was, like, you go out every night and you um, create a new hour of material every year and you like never take time off and you never cancel shows. There are literally like dude comics that have. And I really say the dude comic thing because I don't really see this same thing. I never have seen this same thing reflected from from women or like non-binary folks. And like, I I've never seen somebody like publishing their schedule in a like braggy way. But it is something I've seen a lot from men. and. Um, this prevailing sentiment about like essentially give up the rest of your life to do this. And, and that's the only way to prove that you are, um, it's like a artistic purity thing. Um, but you know, I mean, I see my spouse go through like the same thing in her job where it just feels like there's like a, and especially once I think once we get into like our thirties or like I'm 40, you know, I think it just, it's like the hustle of, My twenties. I'm really. I'm glad I had that time, but now it's like. So is that what I'm trying to do forever? And then one day I die. Yeah. And I. And it's not that I'm trying to um, unhustle, but more so just like understand a little bit how to distribute my time so that I can actually like my life, and you know, especially as somebody who got to choose what they do for a living, because so many people don't get that opportunity, Mm -hmm. then it feels like even more insane to work so hard at that thing that life becomes kind of miserable. But I do think that that's, there's a lot of that reflected. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, then also as, you know, women or queer folks or gender nonconforming folks, whatever, like marginalized community folks might fall into, then there's also just the extra labor that comes with like being a person. And so anyway, I just will say for me, I know that I was like, that the one thing that the pandemic has done is taken away. Like I like can't perform, and um, mm-hmm. well, I choose not to right now because I think it's uh, it doesn't feel safe to me. So um, it's actually been kind of amazing because this thing that I like was keeping up with has just been removed, and I have to like give yes. myself permission to have a life that doesn't include
1: that. And is that I really relate to that? Was that like scary for you to be like, wow, I can't do this? Thing that's so much a part of my life you know like not performing
0: yeah I mean I think totally I mean I think I um you know I just I just want to be part of the team that's my like kind of constant energy yeah I uh I am still working on loving that that's what I'm bringing to the table because I would so prefer to be the person doesn't even care about whether or not they're on the team but that's not who I am. I really want to be on the team. And so... Same. You know, it yeah. matters to me that other people's opinion matters to me. And sometimes more than my own opinion. So mm-hmm. that's something I'm working on because actually uh, that's fucked up. <laughs> um, I relate.
1: Yeah. I really yeah, relate. Do? Yeah, I really relate. I mean, I, I just, you know, the whole... It's, it's, it's funny we're just talking about this because I, I just had this flash of a memory when I was, you know, when I made a choice to leave LA dramatically in the middle of a pilot season, I had, was supposed to go to this audition and I really didn't want to go. I just sort of, the older I've gotten, the more tired I've become of sort of these, uh, you know, these, these breakdowns and descriptions of female characters that I, just don't want to perform. You know, I don't want to have to. I, I just started really resenting sort of uh, the representation of the what women are in media and how I was supposed to contribute to that. I just started getting really angry. and it's like my body knew I was done before my mind before Mm -hmm. you know this this work ethic this thing that I've been you know wanting to do since I was a little kid and I was getting ready for this audition sounds so dramatic maybe this should be a Hallmark movie but I burned my face with my curling iron like really badly and and then I was like I I'm 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 done and I just started packing and I drove from you know, my rental house in Los Angeles to Seattle, where <laughs> this is I, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. where I where I stayed for like just a just a you know hot second to regroup. And I'm a really good manifester. And so once I decide something, it, it really does happen. And I was I I just had this amazing weekend where I just said I actually am going to direct. I don't know how to direct. I'm going to figure it out. I don't want to put on dresses and have men decide whether I'm hot enough to play this role. And I'm just, I have so much more to give. And then I didn't work as an actor for a year. And I I actually experienced a huge amount of um, grief. Maybe I'm oversharing, but I had to let go of um, just all of this, this pressure and what You know, previous dreams were like, I didn't know I could be a director. I mean, you just, it just, to me, growing up, that didn't feel like a real job for a woman, Um, even though I've had always been interested in it. You know, even on Bomb Girls, um, I would always shadow and stuff like that and kind of lurk around, you know, the directors and try and see what they were up to. And, You know, I often think when things fall apart, even if it is sort of self-imposed, that's when, you know, the new path emerges. Um, So that was my dramatic leaving Los Angeles with my um, oozing face and just, yeah, very dramatic exit. It is a dramatic exit, although (laughs) I
0: did watch um, The End of goodwill Hunting last night because it was on in my this, this is a lot there's a lot of hotel room talk but I've just been in a hotel room for a long time it's fair and, uh, it's your
1: experience
0: The End of goodwill Hunting is is I, I haven't seen that movie in a long time but I haven't either um, anyway it's a, it's a similar Matt Damon's <laughs> character just heads right out to go see yep. about a girl Ben yep. Affleck goes to pick him up and um, I'm really just sharing about this because they really stay <laughs> the camera really stays on Ben Affleck for a really long time as he's realizing that <laughs> There's, it's about 30 seconds of Ben Affleck realizing that Matt Damon's not in there. He realizes it from three different angles. Anyway, it. it's just one of those things where you go, I don't think I would have noticed this. I haven't seen that movie Well, in so long. It doesn't matter. Have you seen anything that Ben Affleck has ever in? Because when yes. he directed the movie Argo, he put a scene in there where he just takes his shirt off. It has nothing to do with the plot of the movie. So anyway, I will forever be laughing at that guy. But anyway, um. As an aside, yes, I. Uh, you also said the the character breakdown, and there might be people listening that don't know what you are talking about. But um, yes, oopsies. When you no, this this is my job. When you get okay, great. an audition, they they send you like a description of the person that you are reading for. And do you do you remember what it what it was that this sort of straw that broke the camel's back, or or do or is there like a general theme that you've gotten a bunch of times that well,
1: curious about that. I mean, I truthfully like playing character. You know, I I consider myself a character actor. Sometimes I play mm. leads, but it's usually during pilot season when they're looking for all these different leads for the new shows that are going to be coming out. It's like unbelievably gorgeous, and it's like, why does she have to be unbelievably gorgeous? She's a detective. Can we not say something that is not based on? her physical appearance it just <laughs> and just the the pressures and just you know sure you know i i realize i'm completely privileged to you know as you mentioned before pick a career and be able to do that and and have that you know be that kid who wanted to be an actor and here i am being an actor it's a huge blessing and privilege i understand that but it's it's just the just the very tiny box that um hmm. you know and and we are seeing lots of different you know more representation representation on television, but you know still you read these breakdowns and it's just so um it just burns me up i I don't actually I audition I don't audition that often, and uh, yeah. <laughs> you know i just the older I get, it's awesome. You know, I, I just feel more just in this position where as I get older, I'm able, you know, partly because I have a whole other career, which is directing. So I don't need to put on a skirt for you, for you to decide whether or not I can play, a uh, you know, gene researcher or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs>
0: I'm well, just actually, like you know not what? interested. I don't know what you mean. So I'm glad I asked because <laughs> you know you and I have like really different experiences of this. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I, I like lost my mind. This was this must have been. I think this was right at the beginning of the pandemic. I got like a, I like I like, refused an audition and um, it was for a lesbian character. It was for a queer character, and uh, the description was like honestly. It was truly, like, big, big, disgusting, fat person. That was, like, literally what it said. And then the character's lines of dialogue were, like, um, she kept comparing her body to a truck different times. And I um, I had to call some friends that I knew, like, I called my friend who, my friend Tawny, who's, like, a mixed-race black woman who I know gets, like, a lot of... She's talked to me before about getting a lot of like really intense stuff, and I just had to ask her how she deals with it when it's like mm-hmm. do you, how do you deal with it when it's like straight up offensive?" <laughs> she was like, "Oh, it' pass, but um anyway, it just was such a wild thing to receive because like I am actually slim and there there should be there should be people of every size on television, but if you're sending me that, that's like nuts, and also. Uh, you know, the other characters were straight people and they were not referring to their bodies as types of vehicles. They were just kind of oh. like saying other lines of dialogue. And, wow. um, mm-hmm. you know, so I think, I do feel like, you know, there's some stuff here that I always try to, especially when I'm talking to somebody else who's in the in- industry, I always try to like think about um, the way that this sort of speaks to like a larger queer experience. And I do think that. Mm-hmm you know, you and I don't necessarily present in exactly the same gender box and uh, or, like, place in the spectrum or whatever. We're probably not perceived the same way by other people. And either way, you know, there's a ton of pressure either to prove that, like, you're, you know, enough of a woman when you might fit whatever is a more expected or or conforming presentation of what that is or like when you don't, you know, there's a ton of pressure to like metabolize all that. And um, I think if you're somebody who's an actor and you're like getting these breakdowns, you're reading what people actually think. But I think anybody who's listening who hasn't read what people actually think still knows, you know, still knows the roles that like culture and the other people on the train expect them to play. Um, and I think this is like, this is very not, I mean, at least in the many people I've talked to in my life, not just on this podcast, but just in life, I don't think this stuff is at all unique. It's just like more, it's like a,
1: an example of something that exists everywhere, you know? No, exactly. And it's just in terms of, Representation in media, I remember, I can't can't remember if it was, you know, a casting director or some acting teacher or something, you know, when I first came to Vancouver, fresh from Vancouver Island, um, (laughs) you know, people didn't really know what to do with me. And I remember someone saying, I mean, this is also, you know, like early 2000s. When we turn on the t v you want people to know exactly who you are and what's happening within five seconds and i and I do feel like we have evolved some you know we have we we have moved past that uh you know a bit, but I still think there's so so much further to go like i i you know because you it's it's like it's like they're basically telling us to be so recognizable as one type or one thing. And I, I think just in terms of like gender and just the types of shows that are being made, it is exciting to see that maybe you will have to watch for 10 minutes before, <laughs> you know, you get to know these characters. And it's not just like I turn on the TV and that's, you know, a straight lady. Or, do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm over- oversimplifying it, but those snap judgments. um, I feel like that's how people make money off of us in a way. It sounds like I'm really bitter to be an actor, but I'm, I'm not, but you know, it's like the first 20 roles I played when I was acting was like a secretary. I just had that like secretary vibe. So in a way, those stereotypes help people cast you, but I don't know whether that's, Helpful for the world at large when we're just making snap judgments about people, whether we see them on the totally. street or on or on or on TV. Totally. You know, you. I think that's great that we're asking people who they are, how they like to be, how they identify, rather than just turning on the TV in our mind and saying, "That's who you are." It's like actually, you don't know who I am. Yeah,
0: that's, I mean, that's a great point. Yeah, of course. Right? Like the, what is that? Like, is that, is that, have you identified with that? Is that like people thinking, is the feedback that you've gotten like cute? Is that like the, is that like the word or the feedback? Like what, when people are talking about the thing that they think you are fulfilling, what is it that they're, what well, are you supposed to, I'm supposed to be um, edgy. Copy that. Yeah. You put me I in a thing. It's because you're like. edgy yeah especially when i used to have even wilder hair
1: (laughs) edgy i mean yeah i would say well just a lesbian for so many years but also yes cute but i think um you know over the past five years um you know i've had male directors say to me Wow, you can still play straight, huh? even though you know I hear you're gay now i'm I you know it's like <laughs> like you know you can't you can't say that to me um, you know it's 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 just I'm talking a lot about acting um, i I think it's me presenting as um a straight person if you didn't know me, so can I still have that uh, romantic feeling? when I'm playing opposite dudes. Like, yeah. will will the producers still buy that I am in love with this man? Right. Um, and that's been something that's so awkwardly and strangely brought up to me many times. Um, do you think you still have it in you to <laughs> do the scene? I'm like, it's called acting. I'm good. Let's just do that. And please don't ever... Talk to me about that again. Yeah. I mean, we can absolutely change the subject, but I would actually, I would, I would, uh, I would argue
0: that I'm not sure we're talking about acting. I think we're kind of talking about being in the world a little bit
1: and. Okay, great. I love that you brought it full circle. I mean, thank you for having me on. I Yeah, no, totally. And I, I, I think there's sort of like this weird shame. I think it's just this. Strange thing of sometimes when I feel like I'm talking a lot about acting, I'm like, oh, I'm talking about myself too much, but I realize you brought me here to talk. That's, right right. yeah. so, <laughs> That's the job right now, right? the So maybe I'll just, you know, chill a little bit, but, you know, I think it's it's having the ability to change your mind, you know? It's like, just because I was this one thing um, doesn't mean I'm going to be that thing forever. So, so keep up with me and, or I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep evolving. Uh, but you know, yeah, not, not all, I don't, I don't think we're just talking about show business, um, or the industry or whatever. I think it's just, you know, people changing, changing their mind and, and growing is really essential and wonderful
0: right I mean when we talk about like representation I think so often it's just kind of like a like some bare bones identity stats and I think it's different to talk about like some of the stuff you're talking about when you're saying that you were like a receptionist or secretary for for your first 20 roles um (laughs) you know it is interesting like I feel like I am uh I don't always act to do other so, so I will say that this experience is not just in the that world, right? Uh, but it is funny, you know. Like I said, being um, hired to play somebody who's edgy or like there's like a proximity to drugs or like oh, right, calling women a bitch or like I don't know. There's like there's just like a lot of different things that can crop up. But you know that follows me. Like I said, like I'm saying, I think that's that's how. For instance, maybe unless you listen to this podcast, then you definitely know, Uh, maybe you you wouldn't necessarily think of somebody who loves to watch all my holiday movies just based on who uh, we think does what things based on which haircuts people have. You know, and I think part of that, it kind of goes back to this thing that I was saying earlier about, like, um, I want to be part of the team. Like, I'm very earnest and, like, and, like, kind of, like, gentle and goofy, Um, and then I just also, I'm like a masculine of center person and, uh, I do feel like toxic masculinity, like so seeps into how people want me to be and then how I want myself to be, you know, it's like, okay, well, if I have this haircut and like wear pants from like the, the, like, that's like, that are under like a men's sign at the store, Mm -hmm. then like, I should probably also like, love, um, everything that's in this category of things. And it's right. really like, it's much more of like a, I love to play sports. I don't really give a shit about watching sports. I, uh, can totally drink right, whiskey or vodka, but I actually like, don't drink that much, you know, or like, right. um, you know, I, uh, yeah, I just think I'm very, I'm like very gentle and sweet person. And I think that it, that is not what I've expected of myself often to go along with, like, we don't, we don't let men, we don't let cis men behave that way. So why would anybody let me
1: behave that way? That is really true. I mean, and again, it's just what, what other people expect. I mean, yeah, I I think you're exactly right. We're just talking about expectations and there's, there's something so freeing about directing because I, just really what I look like is not up for discussion and it's just the best thing in the world, you know, um, because it's, it's just this thing of being a performer where it's like our shell, our, you know, vessel, if you will, is such a huge part of playing these characters or just who we are in the world. And I I have to say that since I basically, when you direct, when you remove yourself, you know, um, from the gaze, you know, for the most part, the male gaze, it's like, I want to be a part of the, you know, different types of filmmaking where it's not just how men see Women or any other, you know, um, uh, any folks, you know, so it's it's because I know a lot of a lot of people have, you know, a lot of uh, women I know just get to a certain age. And I think they are just so broken from having this uh, continual conversation about the way they look when it has nothing to do with their heart or their ability to bring this story to life because that's what we're doing. We're storytelling. So I don't know. For me, I just have turned this corner where I'm like, I don't even want you to discuss me in that way. I want to do my directing and I I just don't even want to give you the choice to discuss me. But then I do other things like post thirst traps on Instagram. (laughs) You know, so it's, you know, we're i'm I'm learning. I'm definitely learning. I still want people to like me. and you know sure
0: <laughs> well, you know, I think a lot of what you're talking about, um again, taken allegorically, um I think is a huge it' means it's resonant for me with me, and I'm sure for a lot of people listening about, you know, the oh God, I could talk about this for a lot longer. We have to wrap in a second, but it really is like, you know, I like love to lurk on TikTok and like lurking on TikTok is an opportunity to see what the future could be like in terms of what it's like when people are controlling how they have a little more control over how they're seen and like are showing how they want to be seen as opposed to um, just gazed upon by others, you know, and I think that that's a huge part of being queer, I think it's a huge part of being a woman. I think it's a huge part of having many identities that are that are um, not cis dude, but also cis dude. Like, the male gaze also applies to men. So, um, anyway, I've really enjoyed talking to you, and uh, before I send you back into your day, I just wanted to ask you to shout out a queero, which is a person, place, or thing that made you feel that you could be who you
1: are today. I love that you do this. Um, I think it's, such a lovely opportunity to shout someone out um so I was thinking about this and I wanted to uh shout out uh my longtime acting teacher slash best friend uh he's his name is Andrew McElroy and he's incredible he's like a big time coach and stuff like that but he he really is a person that when I was coming out um <laughs> he's he's the smartest funniest person i know and and he just let me know that it was going to be okay and he also i just feel like this person has been sent you know from another universe for us to love each other but you know he helped get me sober and um he's just uh he changes lives um all over the place whether he knows it or not so i just wanted to shout him out for saving my life many times over. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, again, it was really nice to meet you. And and in a time when it's not this, see you in the streets of Vancouver. Hopefully,
1: that would be awesome. I really, it was really nice to meet you. I feel like I know you, but that's just from the internet. And I'm also <laughs> very. Um, oh, this is such a hallmark word. Chuffed to be asked to be a oh. guest. <laughs> Don't you think a Hallmark yeah. character would be like, I'm so chuffed. Yeah, that you, it was beautiful. That you asked me. Yeah. Um, but I mean that in a sincere way.
0: That's really sweet. I will yeah. definitely be keeping up with everything you're, you're up to. And I'm sure we will hang and have a coffee sometime. I
1: feel that that would be awesome.